Thank you for joining us on Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Tina Smith, who is filling in today for Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment. Tina runs the caregiver programs for Wellmet Charitable Foundation. And Dr. Jamie Heisman is with us, nationally known psychotherapist and expert, not only on addictions, but on caregiving as well. And Tina, one of the things that uh, we need to talk about, uh, and, and it's something that in a way we've talked about on every show we talk about caregiving, is isolation, reaching out, asking for help, don't do it alone. And yet with COVID-19, stay home, don't go anywhere, don't meet with mm-hmm. people. It's kind of a reverse on that. What are you seeing with caregivers at uh, the Wellman Charitable Foundation? Well, it is hard. Just in caregiving in general, it is. it can be very isolating in and of itself, but certainly this pandemic is just... Uh, brought home how isolating it can be because we've had to physically isolate. Uh, and, and so that has been tough on a, on a lot of caregivers. And so they're going it alone. A lot of people are going it alone. And what we try to tell caregivers is that you've got to, you've got to connect. Connecting with others is, uh, is important. Asking for help, accepting help when it's offered, which can be hard because we tend to be a pretty independent um, population. We want to do things on our own, but there just comes a time uh, especially when it comes to caregiving, that you can't do things on alone. You can't do things by yourself. And so, with this pandemic and with this, uh, you know, the shutdown, it's 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 hard. It's hard to get out and find help and find people to talk to. Um, and so we we offer several different opportunities to do that. Dr. Jamie, from a psychological standpoint, uh, still echoing in my ears week after week, hearing you say, "Don't isolate. Don't isolate. Don't isolate." And now we're isolating, isolating. What does that do to people? Well, isolation, if left untreated, and I say untreated because most of us haven't gone to get therapy and come to grips with what these inner voices within us are saying. Isolation brings up the judge, the critic, and the repetitive default in our mind that we're doing something wrong that we're not really feeling good about ourselves. It's a constant drumbeat kind of when you're alone and that social regulation or connection with positive people who understand you and know you and love you offer so much and and so often. So when you get into that head, what we call the pity pot or you get depressed, I mean, there's reason that, that isolation creates living hell sometimes on earth because, you know, it, Without, you know, being evolved and understanding these voices and how you need to grasp them and to grow and to give yourself positive talk, you're kind of left to your own device. And that is called the monkey mind when we meditate, the thinking, the overthinking, the constant judge. The monkey mind. Monkey mind. Explain that a little further. It was an expression through Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine when Buddhism began in, in India and then into China that described the mind that kind of goes from place to place and goes like a pinball game from place to place. And it just goes on its own. And what meditation or breath work was able to do was to make a person feel safe, to understand that their mind didn't have to go from place to place like we could, they called monkey mind. Uh, it could go to a more peaceful and serene place. So when you're isolating, uh, I don't think you have to isolate by not connecting obviously there's ways with zoom and webex and by phone and do support groups but you also can meditate you also could do trauma reduction techniques you could do journaling there's things to get out of that victim and judge mind that will work even if you're isolated now one of the things uh, you often say uh, is you work with a lot of men 
because men never ask for help. It's a sad thing in our culture. Um, I am for one as a clinician, but just as a man myself who've gone through some deep traumatizing times in my life have looked I looked everywhere for where a men's support group could be, where men could possibly find a safe place. You understand that men see asking for help as a vulnerable, as a vulnerability, as a weakness. Whereas 80% of the clients I saw over the past 30 years were women, which are wonderful. They're in touch with their emotions. They can understand why they're there. They need a space. That's why I always think that women should be leaders of countries. They just get their own emotional intelligence. Whereas men, they just go like not asking for directions in this barren desert until they get worse, worse and lose everything around them. You know, when it comes to asking for help, are you seeing the same thing that uh, women may and that the men who our caregivers and more and more are doing that. Uh, Want to go it alone? Yeah, it, I guess in a sense, and, and really, I mean, you'll find uh, women tend to be more in the caregiving role, although we are seeing more men step into that role. Uh, we're seeing an increase in male caregivers, but just asking for help in general can, can still be tough. Um, one of our programs, it, it, kind of a, it offers several different uh, options for caregivers is our teleconnection program. With this, we have experts from around the country, like Dr. Jamie. He's a he is a regular on our teleconnection program, but they offer information uh, and guidance on different topics related to caregiving, whether it is how to manage stress or how to deal with difficult behaviors, uh, self-care, uh, things like that. So they get to hear an expert. They get an opportunity to ask questions so they can connect with that expert. Uh, and then as well as, as hear from other caregivers, because that's one of the beauties of the, the teleconnection program is that we have caregivers from all over the country calling in. And it just helps sometimes, one, just hearing from other caregivers that are in this similar uh, spot as them. So they get to hear from other people who are doing the same thing that they are doing. Uh, and they can give, they, we often hear them giving each other advice, how they manage certain things, but also get to talk to experts. And like I said, Dr. Jamie's a regular. On our we'll talk about that in a moment. For those who may have just joined us, you're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Jamie Heisman and Tina Smith, who is filling in today for Harold Zerniel, our co-host, who is on special assignment. Uh, Dr. Jamie, how important are those kinds of connections through teleconnection, which is uh, not televised, not video, uh, but done over the phone? Those connections are, are beyond vital. They're a lifeline. They, they to me, the teleconnection um, allows people to be basically anonymous. Um, it's so user-friendly. You could be sitting on your couch. You could have nobody around you. You don't have to identify who you are, but you can still connect. And as we look at COVID, we have a new appreciation for connection. The connection allows our mind and body to become connected as one. When our, we're not connected, we're feeling that isolation, that spiral. So there's nothing like the teleconnection. There's nothing like any sort of connection. Obviously, we'd rather be face-to-face, but the anonymity, the ability for a man to sit there and just understand that he can listen and not be shamed in his mind or feel guilty, it's a great start. It's a great lily pad. Are women psychologically built, Dr. Jamie, to be better caregivers? Men have to learn it. Women know it intuitively. 
I do believe that's the case. Now, you know, with, with obviously men becoming much, much more prominent in the caregiving space, um, they have a lot to learn. Uh, women uh, generally, from what I have seen, have the ability to do a lot. That's why even in physicians, female physicians have the highest uh, mental health or suicide rate if they're not taking care of themselves. Why? They multitask. They take care of their family. They take care you know, of this guy who thinks it's a weakness to reach out. They take care of their work. And so they're able to multitask in a way. So caregiving is obviously the perfect fit. Do you think of anything in your mind that could be more of an air traffic controller and having the planes land than caregiving? So I think men have a huge amount to learn from women if they're humble enough to receive it. Humble meaning? Means, listen, I don't know everything. In fact, I think women probably could teach me a whole lot and I could be a much better caregiver. Tina, you're smiling. Why? Well, I, I think, you know, I do agree. You know, women do have that natural nurturing ability. We have found that, you know, a lot of men, they're, like I said, they're moving into this role, more of the nurturing role, but oftentimes uh, in families or caregiving situations that we work with, we see the men tend to be the more practical, uh, take care of the practical tasks, like the, the budget and maybe doctor appointments, you know, scheduling and, and house things around the house and things like that. And it's the women that tend to do more of the the nurturing. But as I said, we're seeing a little bit more increased in men being the primary caregiver, which kind of moves them into that that nurturing role. Maybe not the same as a as a, a wife or a granddaughter or a daughter, um, but we're seeing that that movement all the same. We're out of time, but one last word, Tina. How do folks connect to the teleconnection? Absolutely. You can give us um, you can give us a call at 866-390-6491 or you can go online to caregivertelesconnection.org and you can see uh, all the listings of upcoming sessions as well as all Great. of our sessions that we've recorded. Thank you. Take 10. Thanks for joining us. For Dr. Jamie Heisman, for Tina Smith, I'm Ron Aaron. Talk with you soon on Take 10.